0: Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist with the Lexan leader at Kentucky.com. It is Thursday, September the 2nd, 2021. UK football's season opener is Saturday against ULM, Louisiana Monroe Warhawks, noon start at Kroger Field. This is our final preview of the game on Saturday. We had a little preview earlier in the week where I talked with my colleagues Josh Moore and Mark Story about what they're looking for, what we expect to see on Saturday. In this podcast, I talked to Adam Hunsucker of the Star News in Monroe, Louisiana, to get a scouting report on Terry Bowden's Warhawks. They've been pretty mysterious down there in Monroe about their roster and depth chart and so forth, so we tried to get Adam to kind of shed a little light on what's going on with ULM. After that, you will hear from uh, the U.K. coaches this week. Liam Cohen, U.K. offensive coordinator, talked to the media on Tuesday. Brad White, U.K.'s defensive coordinator, talked to the media on Wednesday. And earlier today, on Thursday, Mark Stoops, uh, Kentucky's head coach, talked to the media so you'll hear all of this on this preview podcast of the Kentucky ULM game. But we're going to start off with Adam Huntsucker of the Star News in Monroe, Louisiana. My guest now on the podcast is Adam Hunsucker, the sports columnist for the New Star in Monroe, Louisiana. How you doing, Adam?
2: <laughs> Doing good, John. Good, good to talk to you. Um, as somebody that's originally from Tennessee, I'm familiar with your work and have read it over the years. So this is this is kind of cool for me.
0: Oh well, thanks. What what part of Tennessee are you from? Bristol. Bristol. Okay, I've got relatives in uh, Johnson City. It's so not too far from, not too far from Bristol. How did you make your way from Bristol to Monroe?
2: you know it's it, it, it's a long story i ended up um <laughs> i ended up going to going to graduate school at Louisiana Monroe I guess this is the Reader's digest version I ended up doing that because my parents had actually come down here because uh, my dad had a uh, worked for a company here in town so um went to grad school at ULM, graduated got hired at the new Star the next spring and then um met uh, met my fiance and I'm here that's wow. how it went
0: well, that's great. That's great. Okay, you're the man. You're the man who's going to clear up the mystery of the <laughs> ULM Warhawks because up here in Lexington for the game on Saturday, it's been uh, hard to get some information on uh, Terry Baden's team. Uh, what What about the mysterious uh, Warhawks? What do, what do you know about them coming into Saturday's game?
2: Well, if, if it makes you all feel any better, you and your colleagues, um, this is all by design. <laughs> uh, Terry... Terry's rationale is this is the one time where he's going to have, you know, secrecy on his side. So he is taking full advantage. In fact, I didn't even get a roster until Tuesday. Really? So we've we've been playing this cat and mouse game all offseason, you know, reporting on transfer portal additions, to which there are several. And um, they're trying to get some more some information out of them. But um, what I can tell you is... um, you know, Rhett, Rhett Rodriguez will be the starting quarterback. If that name sounds familiar, that's because his dad is Rich Rodriguez, the former West Virginia, Michigan, and Arizona coach who is ULM's offensive coordinator. So this is um, this is very much a, a reclamation project, not just for ULM, but for a couple coaches, Rich Rod and Terry Bowden. So um, I think when you go into it, you're going to see a lot of new faces, um, not just for Kentucky fans, but for us covering ULM too. There's 62 new players on this roster. Wow. So, say they turned it over is an understatement. And, um, you know, I, you're, offensively, you're going to see what, uh, as much of the Rich Rod system as they can run. Um, I, I think, you know, when you look at the turnover they've had on the offensive line, uh, losing two starters to the transfer portal, that it's really going to dictate, you know, what they're able to do scheme wise. And then defensively, uh, you talk about the other end of the spectrum is Zach Alley, their defensive coordinator, who is 26 years old. That makes him the youngest defensive coordinator in the country. And um, he's well-schooled. He's a a Brent Venables protege. Spent some time with him at Clemson and was at Boise State the past two years. So you're going to see a very multiple defense. Um, They're going to try to do um, a a little bit of everything. But I would say as far as the matchup goes – you're asking an awful lot of a bunch of guys that have only been here since July and August. So I think what you see from ULM is not necessarily going to be a finished product going forward. And that's the coaches are still trying to figure out what they have. And that's why I, I think the Cats can probably um, stretch their legs out a little bit and uh, get all of them here this weekend.
0: Uh, let's back up a little bit. What was the reaction? I mean, obviously, Monroe struggled last year, didn't win a game. Uh, they hired Terry Baden. Uh, what, what was the reaction down there to uh, to Coach Baden t- taking the job and and taking over this kind of rebuilding project?
2: Well, at, at first, there you, you could sense a real divide between. Uh, the, the older portion of this fan base and then the younger portion, because the older folks remember Terry Bowden from Auburn, obviously. Right. And obviously that last name ring, rings a bell. Um, and so to, to them, it was a coup. It was a guy that had been in the SEC and been successful. And um, he was going to try to, you know, try to reverse fortunes with his program. And the younger folks, it was kind of puzzling because they saw a guy past his prime who was not even really an analyst at Clemson in the past few years. He was a graduate intern. Right. He actually he actually enrolled went to graduate school and got another degree just to keep coaching. So you can say what you want for Terry, the want to's there if you're willing to go do coursework with some folks that are young enough to be your grandchildren. Right. But but um but you know, since since, since that hire everybody's kinda kinda galvanized in the same direction with this, like you see a lot of times with coaching changes. Certainly hiring Rich Rodriguez helps. And um, Terry made it a point to really go get around the state this off season, do a lot of speaking engagements and Things like that. And I think there's a wait and see you know, to see how this goes because, you know, just for, for, for historical context, this will be my seventh year around this program and the third head coach I've worked with. <laughs> so, so this is – is this some is turnover. A fan base. Yeah, there, this is a fan base that's been through a lot. Right. So, you know, they, they – they, they, in a way, this is – You kind of get the sense, not just with them, but just with the current state of of the program, that this might be the last shot for you all to make this work in FBS. And I think um, there's some guarded... Optimism, we'll see around it. But you know, these folks have been through enough of this program. They want to see some results.
0: Yeah, as you mentioned, I was doing some research this week, and I think uh, I think they haven't had a winning season I think since 2012. And then you got to go way back before that, before the uh, the last winning season before that. What's it going to take to make? I mean, they're in a in the Sun Belt, which is you know I think a highly underrated and competitive conference. What's it going to take for Monroe to to have a successful football program? not not so much against Power Five teams, so much, but to but to compete in their conference.
2: Well, the simple answer is another twenty five million dollars in the athletic budget. <laughs> uh, but that's uh, but that that's more complicated uh, than it sounds because when you look at the financials here, that's what's really holding ULM back. And you know, it's, it's the low. They have the lowest athletic budget in FBS. Their their facilities, are even though they have gotten better, are still. You know, really behind everybody else in the Sun Belt. And, uh, you know, they don't offer cost of attendance, which hurts them in recruiting. And even though there is talent up here along the I 20 corridor, all the way from Texas to the Mississippi JUCOs, you look at where ULM is situated geographically. There is another G5 program in every direction. That has a better history of success, has more resources, and um, does those things that you on account afford to do. I mean, you've got Arkansas State to the north, Louisiana Tech to the west, Louisiana Lafayette to the south, and Southern Miss to the east. So it's just it, – it, it's a really tough deal, and that's why you know, it's right here with New Mexico State, and um, UMass is one of the toughest jobs the to country.
0: Yeah, uh, you mentioned about Red Rodriguez. You mentioned sixty-two new players. Uh, are there anybody? Uh, well, first of all, what about Rhett Rodriguez? What What do you know about him coming in as a starter on Saturday?
2: Well, for one, it, it's kind of cliché to say, but it's true. He knows the playbook. He's literally grown up in it. That's right. <laughs> uh, um, and he um, and Red also played for his dad at Arizona for a little while. And um, you know, so there's there's a there's a definitely a deep knowledge base within the system. Yeah, he can he, he can move around a little bit and run. Now it's not the burner. This is not a a Pat White at West Virginia or a Denard Robinson at Michigan. But he can make a few plays with his feet, and he's just going to kind of be that guy that they um, that they know can steadily run this thing and um, get them how they get them where they need to be. You now again, you've got a lot of variables, particularly up front. And I think that's I think that's where they could struggle the most early because you know re- receiver and receiver running back skill talents. You know you're not you're not looking at any all league caliber guys, but there's some talent there, um, and and that's a position that ULM has actually been able to recruit some pretty good running backs and receivers over the years. It's always the line of scrimmage where you struggle to get guys in their situation, and um, so rhett has got a challenge there against you know Kentucky. The way Mark Stoops has really upgraded the talent level in that program, and uh, I think you see more than one quarterback play. Um, wow. You got Colby Suits and Jeremy Hunt who um, who were starters last year at various points, and then. ULM signed six new quarterbacks, including Rhett, one of those being Chandler Rogers. who signed with Southern Miss out of high school and has that, uh, that dual credibility that you see with this rich-rod offense.
0: What about, are there any any other guys that Kentucky fans should look for on Saturday?
2: Um, I think when you look on offense, uh, Perry Carter at wideout, um, he's dealt with some injuries since the spring. That's a guy that coaches are really counting on uh, to make some plays. Um, defensively, um, there is some experience on that side of the ball. Some guys that have really been in the lineup since they were freshmen. Um, you know, Trey John webster a linebacker. He's got the potential awesome to be an all-sum built caliber player. Ty Shelby's a very good defensive end. And then you've got a lot of a lot of experience in the secondary. Austin Howley and um, Jabari Johnson at safety. Um, and Josh Noon, a cornerback. So th- those are some standouts for him. And then you got some new guys from the portal that could help. Uh, Jaquez Williams, a linebacker transfer from Wake Forest, who the coaches are high on. And then... Um, You've got him and Nick Roberts who came from USF who may also play the secondary. So those are some of the, some of the some of the faces you'll see in that game for Kentucky fans that uh, you have scouting
0: on. Okay, Saturday noon Kroger field what what is uh, what does Terry Bowden's team have to do to stay in the game not necessarily upset Kentucky but to make it a game against Kentucky?
2: Yeah you know the big thing is just kind of stay the course. And you know, weather the storm a little bit. I've seen so many of these games with ULM, and when they've had their chances, it's just hanging around because obviously there's going to be a talent disparity, and the team with the most talent, that first wave is going to come. And it's just how do you handle it if they go up seven nothing, fourteen nothing? You fold, or do you just kind of keep hanging around and hanging around. And and honestly, Kentucky's going to have to make some mistakes. And you got you got a new offensive coordinator, and um, you know, a new quarterback, so. Maybe, maybe put, trying to work on that passing game a little bit. They put some balls in the air that goes you way, but they're going to need some good things to happen there and just try to get it in the second half and then try to get it in the fourth quarter. And you never
0: know. That's right. You never know, especially in the first game. I mean, you got a new staff. We were talking with Mark Stoops today, and Mark himself said, "You know, they've had a hard time getting information. You know, you try to just concern about yourself, but you like they've had to watch a lot of stuff." He said, <laughs> "Between Rich Rod at Arizona and." uh the defensive coordinator at clemson and terry uh and back in his akron days uh you know they've had to watch a lot of stuff so you never know what's going to happen in that first game uh, tell us tell the listeners uh adam, where you where they can find you on twitter and where they can find your uh, coverage online
2: yeah absolutely you can follow me on twitter at adam underscore hunsucker that's h-u-n-s-u-c-k-e-r and um check out my work at the dot we've got a Few things dropping here here soon, so uh, we'll have a we'll have it covered from the ULM angle. Anybody that's curious to uh, you know get behind the line and see see what's going on there.
0: Be sure and check out all of Adam's stuff. He's an award winning columnist uh, at the uh, APSE award winner uh, at the Star News. I'm sorry, News Star in Monroe. And Adam, I really appreciate you being on the podcast.
2: Absolutely, John. Good talking to you.
0: Okay, thanks to Adam. After the break, you'll hear from UK Offensive Coordinator Liam Cohen, who talked to the media earlier this week.
3: Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
4: How will you know if the offense is doing what you're supposed to, what it's designed to do? Yeah, thank you, Don. appreciate it. Um, You know, I, I do think that you're really looking for guys to go out and make some plays in the first game but playing within the scheme i think something that coach stoops has really done an unbelievable job of emphasizing with our players right now is first game of the season you don't need to go do anything outside of the scheme and go be a hero just do your job execute at a high level and play fast and i think that that's what i'm looking for out of the offense and we all are as a staff is looking for our guys to just execute Last, you know, no pre-snap penalties, you know, penalties, you know, pre-snap or post-snap, just a clean operation is what we're looking for. Um, and obviously moving the ball and scoring points is the biggest, biggest thing, but really we're looking for this unit to just come out and play a clean game. And in the first game with a new offense and all that, it's not really an excuse, but there's going to be some issues, I'm sure, at some points in the game, and just see how our players respond to a little adversity as well. Nick Roush, is is there any first game jitters? It's 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 been a while since you've you've called plays. Oh yeah, I mean it's anytime you you get into a game like situation, you, you get some jitters. I mean I get jitters before every scrimmage, so I can only imagine what it'll probably be like. And but that's why we've got an unbelievable staff and guys here that can help to know me personally and, and can help just you know calm me down if if necessary. But um, it's a new role. It's a new job for me. And it's been a while since I have coordinated. But um, as of right now, not a lot of jitters. I mean, maybe Friday night going into Saturday. But um, when you feel confident about a game plan and, and about your guys going out and executing, typically you feel better about going into the game. Larry Vaught. Liam, I think you could probably make a lot of U.K. fans really happy if you just called deep downfield bombs like the first three plays and all so are you going to let fans factor any and you know, all kind of how you're scripting this I mean do you seriously consider you know you're making an, an impression right from the very start yeah I think it, it's more so obviously everybody wants to see the forward pass down the field I, I totally understand that I'd like to see that as well but um not at the expense of us executed the, the worst thing you want to do is start off um with a couple oh shoots or dog gummets, and now you're behind the chains and behind the sticks and trying to get back on track so really we're just going to try to go into the into this game with our philosophy of being physical in the run game trying to work our play action keepers and and our base down pass game and execute on third down in the red zone so really haven't thought too much into about the first couple plays of the game i i I got to believe that we're going to try to be physical and run the football and be, you know, be Kentucky. I mean, that's what we need to be in order to win football games in the SEC. It's not necessarily about uh, just flashing the pass game. It's about our overall execution as an offense. Josh Moore. Hey, Liam,
2: I know you go back a ways with Scott Woodward. What can you tell us about him and how long's he been coaching the, the receivers? How, how long has he kind of been in charge of that group?
4: Yeah, Scott's a guy that I played with in college, and um, he was my backup at UMass. We have a long-term relationship. Obviously, he's a good friend of mine and uh, just sees the game very similarly. You know, just adds another dimension to the receiver room of just seeing things through a quarterback's lens, and I think that, that always helps with the receivers and everybody being on the same page about the quarterback's reads, his thoughts, where he's supposed to go with the ball, where he could have gone with the ball. It helps the receiver's understanding because those guys, uh, they do so much. They run around so much. They all want to get the ball, rightfully so. But understanding where they fit within the scheme and within each concept is something that I think helps when you have a former quarterback in the room because you can see some things through a different lens that maybe – you know, guys that have, you know, played receiver – you know, played receiver their whole lives, it's just different. And, and, and there's some things that he can see from that lens, but I think that that room is doing a great job, and, and him and Coach Bove have done a phenomenal job. John Hale. Yeah, what has most impressed you about wandell Robinson since you got here in, in January? His work ethic, to be honest. I mean, the way that he approaches the game, the way he approaches practice – I mean, the kid never dogs. He doesn't loaf. He, he does the things the right way all the time. And, and when you're talented, um, all those other things matter a lot more because there's so many talented football players. But the guys that do things the right way all the time are the guys that end up making it and, and having great careers and, and, and playing football for a long time. And I think that that's just something that's so fun about coaching Wandell is, He's easy to coach. He doesn't make the same mistake m- multiple times. Um, he's enthusiastic. He's energetic. And he's a smart football player. Those are the type of kids that you want to have in the program and you love to coach. Nick Roush. I, I did the baby thing pretty recently and there's a, uh, it's fun, but that there's not a lot of sleep. Uh, <laughs> how, how, have you been able to grab a minute or two what's what's the
3: the first week been like juggling with game planning and game prep or
4: did you knock a lot of game prep out before just because you knew that the baby was coming yeah i appreciate that nick congrats to you as well man um it's we got a a little bit of a jump on ulm Uh, earlier you know later in training camp we got a little bit of a jump on those guys so we had some base initial thoughts in um you know i was able to uh basically help script practice from you know from the hospital and the, the the staff did an unbelievable job the one you know the day I wasn't able to be here it was a great practice they did some really good things they kept the energy up so really just try to lean on the staff throughout this time and and, and my wife and my wife Ashley and <laughs> I mean she she's such a trooper she's done such a nice job of uh you know really taking care of this whole situation at night right now and um while I'm not around we've got some family in town which has been nice but we were able to get a little bit of a jump on those guys early on. And, yeah, I'm sleeping probably a lot more than she is. Congrats, man. Thank you. John Clay.
0: Liam, congrats as well. Uh, from the time that you first got here till now going into the first game, where do you feel like the offense has made the most progress?
4: Um, it's a really good question. I would think just overall just throwing and catching you know, just being on time with our decisions, route depth, um, understanding our base core concepts in the past game. And, and obviously the the run game is, is, is still getting better in terms of the wide zone. You know, these guys have run the ball really well over the years. And we brought in a little bit of a different scheme that they, they were used to running. So um, that's taking some time to get used to, but uh, those guys definitely are trying to work at it and getting better at it each week. And, Each practice. So I would think just the overall, if you look at us from the spring till now, a lot less um, just communication issues, you know, just really being a little bit more efficient in and out of the huddle, um, you know, communicating at the line of scrimmage, uh, ball security, taking care of the football, little things like that. I think we've done a nice job of since the spring. And we've added a lot, you know, we've added a lot of offense and and we put it all in within the first few days of training camp to try to test these guys. And now that we're in game prep, it's about cleaning up some of that stuff and really honing in on what we do best. And I think that you guys, uh, you know, we'll see hopefully that those guys go out and execute at a high level on Saturday.
1: John Wong. Liam, Mark was bragging big time on you yesterday. He was talking about how relatable you were and we've spoken with a lot of the players, and they kind of say the same thing. I mean, you're not old like Larry Vaught, but you're not a 18 years old either, so uh, why do you think you're able to connect so well with the players just coming right in?
4: Um, I think it's something that I always, I tried to learn from my dad, who, who was my football coach in high school, and he was a Division three head college coach for a bunch of years, and I really saw the way that I was on the field. I was a ball boy. I was around the game for a long time. And um, I saw the way that he interacted with his players and with, and with his staff. And I think that that was something that you can get your point across without being uh, abrasive and and you can be positive and be confident in the way that you speak to these kids and into your staff. And yeah, there's times that lose your mind a little bit, but I'd like to think, Even though I, you know, 35 years old, I was I was 18 once. I did go through this process at which they're going through in terms of being a college athlete and being a student athlete at a high level. They're much higher level than I played at, but um, it gives me probably a little bit more patience at times with them, understanding that they are going through a lot, that they're being uh, they're still students first. Coming from where I came from in the NFL, it's all ball. So and then uh, and then learning from Sean the way Sean communicated with people on a day-to-day basis was something that I had never really seen before. He um, was just his energy, his enthusiasm, his positivity was so contagious that it bled into the rest of the program, into the into the culture of the team. And that's just something I'm trying to do here on offense is to create some positivity and, and create a competitive culture. Adam. Hey, Liam, last night on Mark's coach's show, he kind of gushed about Brendan Bates. Um, Said he might be one, he thinks he might be one of the best players on your all football team. I know with that, the emergence of Isaiah Cummings, that's been a huge talking point uh, throughout fall camp, but just what does Bates bring to you all on the offense? Um, and how, how much of a role is he going to have this year? Oh, yeah. I mean, I love Bates. Yeah. Similar to Coach Stoops, I would say he's one of my favorites on the offense for sure. I mean, he's just the type of kid that does everything right. He wants to do everything right. He works his tail off. He can run, blocks, he can catch. You know, he's better as a run after catch guy than you would think he'd be. Um, he's just, a, he's just such a good kid. The kind of kid you want to see have success. So I would think that these tight ends should have some success in the system and trying to get them involved is definitely something that we're, we're working at doing going into this season. So uh, really couldn't say enough good things about Brendan. He just um, comes to work every day, puts his head down, doesn't say much and just gets it done. And um I'm really excited to see him, you know, cut it loose on Saturday.
2: Okay, I got time for one more. Jeff Drummond, go ahead. Uh, Yeah, Liam, wanted to go back to your your comment earlier about B Kentucky. It's been a little bit surprising how little we've talked about Chris Rodriguez uh, leading up to this season. When you say B Kentucky, that kind of jumps out at me is give that guy the rock and and kind of let him establish things.
4: Absolutely. I mean, that's the biggest thing about – trying to win football games at any, at any level, but especially at this high of a level, you have gotta be able to run the football. I don't care how many times you throw it, gotta be able to be physical when you need to be and still run the football when you need to be. And I'm a crazy man if I don't hand the ball to those backs. So um, just trying to continue to work on balance when you do have those guys in the backfield and feel good about the guys up front, but still trying to get better in the pass game, it's okay, how do we continue to work on that balance? Especially going into a first game, um, you know the things that you're trying to improve on. You want to try to see some tangible evidence of. Um, and, and Chris has just done such a good job. Especially the last week, I would say Chris has really amped up his laser focus, his just approach to practice, his finishing of the runs. So he, I, I've got to believe Chris. Chris Rodriguez is going to be ready to go, and I'm excited to see him go on Saturday.
2: All right, Coach. Thank you for your time, and again, congratulations on your new addition.
4: Thank you guys. I really appreciate
0: your time. Okay, next up we have UK defensive coordinator Brad White who talked to the media after Wednesday's
3: practice. We'll go right with questions.
2: Brad, what do you uh, you know look for in a game like this? You know, offense you you, know, you probably scouted a lot of their old stuff, but you don't really know who's out there personnel wise and you know, especially with the pass rush. I mean, I know that's a big
1: emphasis for you guys. What what does a good to use version
2: of that look like on Saturday? Well, obviously, it, it,
3: the best version. What, what I'm looking for, the best version of us, is execution within the play call, and, and it, it doesn't matter who's out there. It doesn't matter sort of what system. You know, the the rules that we have in place for within each defense allow you to play against any formation any motion any shift any personnel now do some defenses look to take away a certain guy or a certain play yeah absolutely and so um, there's going to be a little bit of guesswork in that but that's a hey, you know that's part of it that's the first game that's you know new coordinator new staff new roster um, we're gonna obviously expect their best shot and we, we've got to play really good football but what we need to do is play clean Kentucky football defense you know clean defense line up assignment technique strike play physical tackle and it's not all going to be perfect we know that and they're going to be highs and lows just like there are in every game but you know come out play fast from the start a lot of energy that's what i'm looking for i know you all are
2: going to rotate pretty heavily on the defensive line but what did a boy do to earn that first?
3: He's had. He was most consistent. He, again, what we're looking for is consistency of performance, and that's job performance. That's execution of you know what is required of you, and then it's about finishing the play. You know, and he's done a, a good job. You know, some things that he still needs to clean up on, but he's been the most consistent in that position,
2: and that's why he's earned the nod. Hey. 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 Hey.
3: Yeah, I I think there's been growth. Uh, Obviously, it helps to have old guys, and I think they've grown in different ways. I think that obviously the younger guys have grown into understanding of what we expect of the players and then understanding of the defense. They still have a, a long way to go in that regard. I think the older guys have started to grow in terms of their capacity to... It's not just about the playbook. Now it's about learning the opposing offenses, and then what are some tweak adjustments? What what in-game adjustments can we play? So I think that's sort of where we've seen the most growth. Do
1: you have a, like a snap count or something in mind for those guys?
2: Do you to, I think to a degree you know what expecting the
3: older guys. But... Don't. I mean, th- this game we're expecting to be a four-quarter dogfight, and so there there's no snap count. Everybody, every live body that's up, you got to be ready to go in at any time. Do you know this is going to be a good tackle the team? What, what do you look for in terms of people being able to get people on the run? You know what? I That's a great question. I, I think from a drill work uh, standpoint, I think we've, we've been really good from a drill standpoint in terms of how we're bringing our feet long striding to short striding um I, I think our guys have done a much better job of keeping their eyes up you know you, you miss a lot of tackles when you're when your eyes go down uh, but until it's live game you never really know I, I like i said i thought we did we were poor in the first scrimmage i thought we were better in scrimmage too uh but when when it's bullets are flying for real uh and the pace of which cuts are made you know can you control your body that's what you're looking for you're looking for guys that can play with body control and i I think we have the ability to be a good tackling team i'm I'm hoping that we're good tackling i mean if you look across the country the best tackling defenses are going to be the the defense is in the top of the rankings at the end of the day. Now, you got you, you to limit big plays. You, you can't play with, with bad eyes and let balls over your head. But big plays are a result of two things, either missed assignments or missed tackles. I think uh, we've got an old enough team that understands how to limit the, the mental mistakes. Uh, but to also limit those big plays, it comes down to the tackling. And so hopefully uh, we can continue to tackle. I thought that was one of the better things we did last year as a defense. Obviously, uh, you know, Jamin... You know, specifically, was a, a really solid, dependable tackler, and so we got to replace that. Uh, but I think we've got guys to do it. You know what? I don't. Th- <laughs> It depends who you ask. If you ask a secondary coach, they say the best coverage is a pass rush. If you ask the you know the D line coach, he says the best pass rush is tight coverage. So um, I, I think it's all a matter of perspective. I think it's the chicken or egg. You know, they work together, and they're vital. If if one's not doing his job, it's going to be hard on the other. Um, obviously, if, if you can win a one on one up front yeah you can have a, a blown coverage and you can get to the quarterback and he can't make his reads and his progressions uh but if you're doing a great job in the back end even if you're not winning one-on-ones and you have to make him go on two or three hitches you know you got a chance to get home so uh they they tie together i don't think i am counting on both uh to play a part Usually, right.
2: before one of these matchups we talked about a few guys on the other team are, are there some guys there, or is there so much turnover with this transfer portal that's
3: a bit of a mystery? Yeah, I think there's a mystery. Obviously, we've we've done as much due diligence, you know, as we can, and, and I, they've got they've got playmakers. They, they've got guys that, you know, depending on uh, where they get the ball in their hand, you know, they can cause you issues. Uh, so we've got to do a good job with that. But uh, you know, I'm not going to go into specifics and who we talking a lot about. KD has a chance to be a player that really affects this team, especially from the pass rush standpoint. It comes down to consistency and it comes down to day in and day out, uh, understanding how to execute. we've talked about execution and that's where he's still in his growth process. He needs to be, uh, you know, he needs to be better. Um, uh, but he knows that and he works. And that's that's the part. If you had somebody that didn't care that didn't work, you know, that would, you know, cause concern. But he's got the athleticism. Um, you know, he's gonna get plenty of opportunity on Saturday, and uh, again, you know, we just need to keep growing him.
0: Okay, last but not least, we have UK football head coach Mark Stoops, who talked to the media on Thursday about Saturday's opener against the Warhawks
1: you know it's getting to be about that time we're getting anxious getting ready to to tee it up um this first game you always put a little extra time in Uh, we needed it Uh, didn't have the best of practice uh on wednesday we felt like we had a great tuesday practice came back with uh just an okay practice wednesday we had a good walkthrough today guys seemed to be uh more dialed in and uh you know, we'll continue to sharpen up and get ready for this opener here. Questions? Mark, you guys announced
2: your
4: an eight captains today. It's a lot of guys you've done over the last year years. What does that say kind of about your leadership
1: on this team now that it's expanded to that point? To yeah, you know yeah, it is. You, you know, sometimes you wish it was a little more clear cut, you know, in a lower number. But um it was, uh you know, there was a, a couple guys with really high numbers, um, and then there's a lot of guys that, that are very much the same, you know. So it says a lot about uh, continuing to develop the leadership, and we need it. And uh proud of those eight and really proud of a lot more. These guys are doing some good things. So, um, you know, it is what it is for me. You know, sometimes you wish it could be just two or something or four, but it is, you know, what it is. Is it different going into year, you know, a year when you do very little about when not the Yeah, it is a little bit. It is. We've had to really – Uh, be prepared for a lot of things and that's just it in in any opener you know you have to be prepared you know for for the unknown people have a long time uh, to run different plays different formations different fronts I mean that's just common you know for us to try to be prepared for all things Um, it's a new staff with with the opening game so we have a lot of film from the history of these guys but I would be crazy not to think that there wouldn't be some new wrinkles, you know, so. Terry has yeah. been kind of dismissive of their chances this week. Is mm-hmm. that, How do you take that? a gangsmanship or? doesn't matter to me, you know. We're going to be prepared. That doesn't mean we're going to be perfect. I'm sure we'll make mistakes in this game, but we're going to make them going fast. How do you balance maybe getting all the reps that you need
2: to with all the guys and running the place? with the new offense? also maybe
1: not showing everything to, to Missouri for next week? Well, we don't, uh, we won't have enough plays to run all the different wrinkles we can do. So uh, there's always in our game, I mean, us coaches sit up here twelve hours of the night all the time, dr- drawing things up, but, you know, you are who you are, and they know that. They know the basics of what we are, and, and as we understand the basics of what Louisiana Monroe can do with you know but with that with that being said I mean it doesn't matter to us whether they come out in four three or three four I mean it doesn't matter um, you know and offensively I'm sure there'll be some wrinkles rich rod's very creative uh, I have a lot of respect for him and he'll have some good plays there's no doubt you
0: talking about past I'm talking about the pass rush. Does the front end have more effect on the back end, or does the back end have more effect on the front end? I asked Brad about this, and he said it's a matter of opinion.
1: That's What's a good, opinion? Yeah, that's a good question. I was going to say good question there because, um, you know, I'll give you a little history. Um, back in what were my years at Miami, Tony, I don't, I don't remember. But, you know, so my first year at Miami, I only had three first-rounders, right? I had Ed Reed, Philip Buchanan, and Mike Rumpf. Uh, James Lewis was this other safety. He graduated my nickel Marquise Fitzgerald graduated so the next year the reporters were asking me and everybody was in a panic about the secondary and I answered and everybody was like oh, there's a young cocky son of a gun You know what I mean? And but i answered in a way like don't worry about we'll be better and I, I wasn't silly we had the whole front back, you know so the whole front was back that were dominant at that time, but I did have Antrell Roll and uh, uh, Sean Sean uh, Taylor and Kelly Jennings and some future first-round picks, but I think the the reason being you know, I'm saying that really we, I felt like I knew the system better, could teach it better, and the front was dominant. So, but you now that all that being said, I didn't answer your question.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah, it's hard it's tough it's tough. You know, I think they're equally important.
4: Yeah, going to say it's a team, right?
1: yeah that's right. Yeah, exactly. It's do you feel like I do. I think it's a hard because it's it's they're equally as important. And that's saying the same thing team wise, yeah. How important is it do you think to get some of those younger guys on the defense actually out there, get them a lot of reps? I asked read about that yesterday. He seemed like, you know, there's not a snap count or anything in mind. But... there's not, but they'll be out there. They they have to be. So uh They'll be out there, and they'll be out there when the game's on the line. You know, what whenever that is. You know, so um, you know we don't know how these games are going to play out. Um, so they're going to play significant snaps, and they'll play early. I mean, again, if it, if it happens, of course. Yeah. You know. mm-hmm. Is Liam going to be on the sidelines? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other day, you said that you were kind of going to play him. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course, of course. I mean, uh, that's not going to change. You know, there's going to be times. I mean, there will be times when you know that that obviously my, you know, whatever. I, I mean, it's going to out Trump whatever. But uh, I'm going to yeah, absolutely. He's going to run his offense. He's going to call the co- plays. I'm not going to be on there calling offensive plays. I can promise you that. There, there's always going to be situations. Well, he'll come to me and say, "What are you thinking here?" You know what I mean? And there'll be communication. Those are in critical moments and, and it's hard to say what those are, John. There's so many different situations that happen in games, you know, that it's almost impossible to just label one thing or another, but there's communication on the phones all the time. What are you thinking here? Are you thinking four down? Are you thinking run and get out of here? Are you thinking you know what I mean? So that communication will never stop. But he's the offense coordinator and calling the offense he, he plays. Kind
0: of the
1: in the sky there. He he was waiting too what
0: you'll
1: be looking for Saturday from mm-hmm. the offensive. What will you be looking for? I'll be listening. And I'll be, I'll be you know, uh, absolutely listening and making sure the procedure's going good. And, uh, you know, how you know, confident quickly plays are going in. How, how quickly and confident the players are comprehending those signals, those plays, making sure we can function clean. Um, that's what I'll be looking and listening for. More of
2: an operation? Yes,
1: Exactly
0: who's kind of
1: the, the guy upstairs really and the, kind of have those eyes and, so. uh woody will be up there and have have a lot of his eyes up there yeah big picture ideas scott woodward uh, mark
4: can you clarify if on that on scott woodward when exactly did that switch what
1: you i don't remember exactly when that was john i don't want to be i don't want to be caught like I, I misquoted you i don't remember exactly when that was to be totally honest with you but it was a decision that we made what can you tell us about the Reorganization with, with the Chief of Staff? Um, just, uh, you know, talking about Dan Brezowitz, I just want uh, to say how much I appreciated the work that he's done here for a long time. Uh, he He's a guy that works um, really around the clock. Sacrifices a lot of his uh, life to this university and uh, greatly appreciate Dan and the work that he did for us here. And, uh, you know, that's really all I want to say as far as the reorganization and the personnel and all that. What can you tell us about Call it I mean just as a, we're not welcome. Yeah. Um well I mean what do you had some experience with Liam and in, in with this offense and they think a lot alike? So um, again that was the idea with the big picture ideas that uh can get some eyes upstairs and, and help in that area. Mark, I don't know if we, we asked earlier, I
0: can't remember. Chuck Jones, uh-huh. is, is he progressing?
1: Is he expected to be available? A mm-hmm. Yeah, he's been out there practicing. Yeah, so he should be good. One else yeah yeah thanks for bringing that up um really it's it's hard to quantify the sacrifices and the things that he's done for us it'd be to be underselling him i mean he's really a remarkable young man he really is um and it's been that way i've told you that you know we've talked about it i remember recruiting him I remember when we talked about him in the recruiting press conference about how matter of fact he was. That was the words I was using was he was just what he says he does. And you don't always see that from young people or anybody. And uh, Josh is really an amazing human being. He really is. Um, Just prepares every day to the best of his ability, works at practice to the best of his ability, goes as hard as he can. He truly empties his tank every day. And, you know, if there's any one thing, there's times when his rehab and all that and like slow down, you know what I mean? Or just let your body heal or and, you know, be, I got to make sure that's a good point. I better keep my eye on between now and Saturday. He'll be trying to get some extra workouts in or something. It's just how he is. You know, he's just um, an amazing human being, really is. Mark, uh, TJ Wade will say he's got a little wager with... Uh I'm not going to tell you all that, Monty, but uh, J-Dub might have an advantage there. (laughs) So, all right. Still be careful with them a little bit here. All right, thank you.
0: Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the John Clay podcast. My thanks to Adam Huntsucker. My thanks to everybody who listens to the podcast. Remember, you can find them on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Tuned In, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio Podcasts. Leave us a rating and review. Also, check out the Sports Pass, sports only digital subscription to Kentucky.com. $30 for the first year. All your UK football, basketball, recruiting, high school coverage columns. You get it all $30 first year. Follow me on Twitter, John Clay IV. Go to the top, the pin tweet, click on that. They'll give you all the information, or just go to kentucky.com, hit on the subscription tab, and check out all of the subscription offers to the print edition of the Arrow Leader. And Kentucky.com. We'll have plenty of coverage on Saturday. I'll have my live blog, a live Twitter feed of comments and commentary and updates about the game. We'll have my takeaways after the game. Mark's story. uh, We'll have his uh, five things uh, about the game, five things to know about the game. You'll have all of Josh Josh Moore's coverage. Follow him online, Josh Moore HL. Mark's stories at Mark C Story. Uh, We'll have plenty of coverage on Monday as well. Uh, A Follow up to the game so look for all of that uh you know on kentucky.com and in the print edition of the herald leader again thanks to adam Huntsucker. thanks to you guys for listening we'll be talking to you again soon